You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowenson. I'm joined this afternoon by John Townley, both wearing black in the black background of third kit. Uh, not not coordinated. John, how are you? Everything okay at your end? Yes, I'm very well, thanks, Dan. Missing the Villa games. What are we, like two or three mm. weeks into the World Cup now? Feels like it's been forever since we last played, but yeah, I'm good, thank you. We're here today with a, a strangely titled, and I, you know, the irony is not lost on me to say the five players who have shone for Aston Villa in 2022 when we've been crap in 2022, let's face it. But this is a, a kind of company-wide initiative, a company-wide competition, actually, that, w- that we do at Reach called the Fans Footballer of the Year, where there's a big vote, um, and we'll share this towards the end of the show, called the Fans Footballer of the Year, and there's nine players from across the Premier League uh, nominated forward for a vote. Now, if you remember right, a couple of years ago, Jack Grealish was in that nine uh, group when he played for Villa. I think it was 2021, uh, his last season with us, I think. I think it was that season. Uh, he didn't win the, the overall vote, but he came very close because we promoted it well on the podcast and Villa fans kind of got behind him. Now, obviously, there isn't a Villa player in the nine this year. You'll be surprised to learn. Um, but there is a club individual vote and each Premier League club has five players that are nominated forward and each club will have its own individual winner. So Ash actually picked the five players that we're going to talk about today and then he's swanned off to Cardiff this evening for the Peter Wissing game and said, no, I can't do the podcast, lads. You'll have to do it without me. So we're going to fill in for Ash here and go through his nominations. But I'm pretty sure... I'm in, I'm in agreement with all of his five, to be honest. I don't think he's missed anyone out, but please do let, do let us know if you think there's someone in here that shouldn't be or should be. So, in no particular order, we'll go totally random with Douglas Louise first. He's the first nominee for Aston Villa's player of 2022. And as I just said, 2022 has not been a great year for Villa, so I'm not going to sit here and, and wax lyrical about all these players and say they've had a brilliant calendar year because they haven't. But of all the Villa players involved, these are the five we think are, are worthy of shouting about. Is Douglas in in your top five, do you think? First of all, do you agree with this list? Yeah, Douglas is in mine, just probably, because, mm. again, we're doing it over the calendar year, aren't we? So probably more so in the last few weeks or months, especially since Emery's coming. I know that's only two games, but he's kind of just proven what a good player he is, I think, especially next to Kamara. You always... With Louise, anyway, when he was playing that number six role, you always thought that's he's been used to half of his capacity almost. So I don't know if you agree mm-hmm. with that, Dan. but we know that he can play well as an eight and someone that's you know allowed to progress further up the pitch, like he does for Brazil, who are probably going to win the World Cup this year. I know he's not in the team, but he's, he wasn't it, wasn't he, for a, for quite a few months and then yeah, dropped a few good players. So obviously, the, the Brazil have got a midfield. Um, yeah, he's in it for me just because we know what he can give us, and he's he's played okay over the calendar year again. It's kind of Villa haven't had a good uh, 2022 in general, so it's hard yeah. to sort of single out five players. But uh, based off the competition, should we say, he's, I think he deserves to be in there. Um, obviously, been linked to Arsenal. I think Spurs and Newcastle were also interested in uh, the summer and in January, actually. I think they would turn down three bids, was it? Or was that in the summer? Either way, there was a lot of interest. Yeah, yeah so we know what a good player he is and what a good player he can be, because we haven't seen that over the past three years because he hasn't been allowed to express himself and play in the position that he wants to play in. And it seems to be that sort of the 4-2-2-2 formation, sorry, that Emery likes to play. Him and Kamara really complement each other well. Kamara given that base. Douglas Luiz given the sort of finesse and the sort of, you know, street footballer style that, you know, he's, he's, he's a Brazilian midfielder. We, that's what you need next to someone like Kamara and he's, he's allowed to show mm-hmm. it with Emery, which is really good. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, he could be in the Brazil squad right now, winning the World Cup. So, 
Yeah, he's, fully he's deserving a, of his new contract as well. You think? Yeah, new contract was really good news. Um, you don't want to say, "Oh, he's got a good value," or you know, if we have to sell him, then he comes. There's a, there's a big price tag, but that's the reality. Um, he's still a really good age, isn't he? And for 15 mm-hmm. million pounds that we bought him for, you're you're looking at probably. Well, at least double that. It's, we're not selling anything under than probably forty million, are we now? Because we rejected something close to that, didn't we? When he only had a few months left on his deal in uh, the summer. So yeah, a player with massive potential uh, and someone who's yeah got a massive price tag now, and we've pinned him down to a new long term deal, which is great news for the club. And yeah, fifty million pounds from Man City a few years ago, looking at a really good business now. Mm-hmm. Next player on our list is Jacob Ramsey. Now, this is one that, that you certainly put forward. I think you said, and we're kind of spoiling it a little bit, I think this is the one that you said if you were voting, this would be your pick. So do you want to talk us through why you think Ramsey would be your player of 2022? Yeah, again, not that he's had an incredible year, Ramsey, but for a player that's only, was he 20, moving on to 21, uh, six goals over the calendar year, nine mm. total goal contributions. He started the year, I believe, with... Uh, that goal and assist against United and Coutinho's debut, which seems yeah. like a long time ago now. And then <laughs> the last sort of contribution that he had in terms of goals was against United again, goal and assist mm-hmm. uh, in the 3-1 win. So that almost encapsulates what a good start and ending has had. And in the middle, it's been sort of up and down. But for me, he was our player of the year last year. And I know Matty Cash won it, and that's fair enough because he was almost between the two for me. But I thought for a player that's so young, a boy had, uh, a boy had fan and a midfielder, someone that's so young that can really go on to big things, I thought he deserved it myself. Um, he plays with a level of consistency that isn't going to be a 9 out of 10 every week, but you know that if he's on his game, he's going to be performing really well and he gives us a really good um, sort of balance and that sort of, you know, in the midfield as well. When we had Gerard as manager too, he'd always say that he's going to be an England player and I know Gerard had his faults as manager, as, as a Villa manager anyway. Um, but he knows the midfielder better than, anyone, better than anyone else. And for Ramsey to get the sort of adulation that he got from Gerard. I'm sure that gave him loads of confidence. And again, mm. if you take away the fact that Gerard wasn't a brilliant manager for us, the guy's probably the one of, if not the best midfielder the Premier League's ever seen. And for him to get so much so praise and um, you know trust off Gerard as well. Because he when Gerard first came in, he was like, oh, I want Coutinho. I want to boost up the age of the age profile of the squad. Well Ramsey's in a really critical position in that team that he played in that 4 3 3. He could yeah. have easily put in or dropped in a 30-year-old and taking Ramsey out of the firing line, but he didn't. He trusted him. And again, results business. He didn't need to do that. So fair play for, him for you know trusting him and sort of developing on from what Dean Smith, Dean Smith did with him. Now Ramsey's under Emery. Uh, that role should suit him. Not having that defensive sort of responsibility going the other way, you can push forward and leave Louise, Kamara, the players to sort of do the dirty work. And he can do that, Ramsey, but we know that he's best moving forward when he was on loan at Doncaster. Darren Moore would always say that he was almost like um, David Platt moving into the uh, into the penalty box at the right times and he wants to get more goals. Uh, and I'm sure he'll get it. As I say, six goals over the calendar year isn't amazing, but it's certainly a, you know... Decent though. Exactly. Next year, you're looking at double figures, aren't you, in terms of the calendar year this season, double figures in terms of goals and assists. Um, so, yeah, Ramsey's definitely in the top five, at least for me. What, what do you think his ceiling is? Because we spoke to Neil Cutler last week, and we'll give a plug to the full episode later at the end of this podcast. And I think we asked, you know, who's the, the biggest talent coming through or something like that. And he, he said, Ramsey's, it's got to be. And we're co- probably kind of looking for somebody in the, the academy that you've not heard of, really. But he, he said, Ramsey's kind of got this natural ability and, and this kind of thing. He was a top, top player, and he didn't quite compare him to Drew Bellingham, but kind of that 
come from a similar area, play for you know, uh, come through at Blues, come through at Villa. I think Ramsey is twenty one now, so a bit older than than Bellingham, and obviously Bellingham is a is a different level. He's a he's a crazy talent to be fair. Um, but kind of put those in the same bracket that you know JJ could go on one day to be this mainstay at a Premier League club and international level as well. What kind of level do you think uh, Ramsey's got? I think he's coming. It's just sort of on the journey with Villa at the moment, isn't it? It's really hard to predict where a player or where he can get to at the moment. His ceiling is as high as he wants it to be because you just don't know. As I say, he's twenty, twenty-one. Um, you know, players develop at different ages and at mm. different times as well. You know, Bellingham is a world-class player right now, and that might be his level for another five or six years, and that's still an incredible level. But you just never know. So. With Ramsey, he could either go that way or just stay as he is. And if he stays as he is, that's a solid Premier League player. But I don't doubt that in the next couple of years, he'll continue to progress because of what we've seen so quickly over the last couple of years. I remember when he first came into the squad under Dean Smith and he made his, uh, he played against Leeds and Wolves in the, was it the 20 to 21 season behind closed doors? And mm. for a player so young and hadn't had any real experience, he was so mature. That's mm. the first thing that hit me with him anyway. And then knowing how but you want to get forward, score goals and be that sort of, you know, running beyond the lines, adding much more to his game. That's what he's doing the last couple of years. If he puts it all together and can, you know, as I say, hit nines out of tens most weeks, you've got a really, really good player there. And I don't think there's, you know, many coaches uh, better than Emery to sort of take him mm. on uh, and continue his development. So, yeah, the ceiling is not, not limitless, but you wherever he wants to get to, I'm sure he can get there, Ramsey, because he's got so much about him and he seems like a very down-to-earth guy as well. He's Nothing seems to sort of phase him, but also he's very level-headed as well, um, which is key for a player um, so young. And again, he's playing in the Premier League every week, playing 90 minutes. That's mm-hmm. you can't sort of overlook. I think because he's come through after Grealish, there wasn't necessarily an expectation that Ramsey would be as good, but it's almost sort of I don't know how to say it, but if we didn't have Grealish, I think we'd maybe put too much on Ramsey. So I think it's almost a good thing mm. that he came after him. There's not a massive expectation on him. It's more of a, we'll see what you can get to because we've already seen Jack come through. So he's not following anyone's footsteps. He's doing his own thing. And I think that will that will serve him really well in the, in the coming years. I like the quotes from him recently in, it, in a story and into somewhere about, you know, kind of turning off the PlayStation a little bit late, earlier in the night and starting to learn French when he gets back from training because he realised he got all this spare time and to actually do something useful with it, learning to cook, things like that. And that's things that we probably take for, for granted as non-footballers, but they live in this bubble of having everything done for them and can get away with doing that for their entire career. It's nice to see a young player actually kind of, not pull the finger out, but pull the finger out and kind of start like living an adult life at, at that kind of age as well which is obviously something you know everyone watching this will will be able to relate to anyway because we are normal people we don't have chefs cooking food for us and taking us around everywhere in a, in a chauffeur car um but yeah nice to have, have that kind of thing just on these ceiling it's obviously difficult to make predictions there's so many variables in terms of it he could get an injury he could leave villa villa could get relegated something horrible like that but you would be looking at the next euro squad surely in next two years as Ramsey will want to be in that as a target yeah 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 very good target and say I'm not too sure how big the squads are but obviously with the squad being so big for the World Cup this year Mm. it's almost those added like two or three spots like Madison got this year and a couple of other players who aren't going to play uh, Ben White and Connor Cody it's um, you know there's reasons why they're in the squad but there's no there's no reason why Ramsey can't be getting in and around it for sure especially another couple of years of development or at least a call-up before the Euro squad, let's say yeah. that, because 
with Gareth Southgate, he has his trusted players, doesn't well, he? Well, exactly. So, this is what I mean about variables. It depends who the England manager is. It depends where Villa are in the next couple of years. If they've progressed really well, you'd be looking at him as a, as a shoe-in for it. So, definitely a target for him. I'm going to move on, though, because we've got another three players to talk about. Um, let's go Ashley Young. When me and Ashton and you were talking about the players that were going to be selected for this, I was thinking... Well, this might be a bit of a slog of a podcast. I can barely think of two or three players that, that are worthy of, of talking about, let alone five. And then Ash said, what about Ashley Young? It's like, oh, yeah, that's a, a pretty good shout, to be fair. Obviously, didn't feature massive and massively at the start of the kind of year because we signed Dean, didn't we, in January. Um, then the injury to Dean saw Young coming out of nowhere and, and probably in a, a difficult period for Villa. He was Villa's best performer for, for a long while and he kind of set the standard at his age as well. And, you know, we've said before on the podcast that if I was a younger player than Ashley Young, which is everybody, I'll be thinking, well, if he can do it, what excuse do I have not to not to put it about as well? So, yeah, Ashley Young certainly worthy of a, of, a, of a shout in the top five, I think. Yeah, and as we just said about uh, Jacob Ramsey stop, stopping playing PS4 after nine o'clock and <laughs> quitting the uh, the unhealthy food or whatever, that's a lot of that's probably to do with Ashley Young too. Yeah, it's a it's a perfect mentor, a mentor that everyone needs in their club. And for someone who's already been at Villa and knows what it's about, we kind of landed on our feet by signing him. What was it now? Two years ago under Dean Smith. Again, don't know where that time's gone. But he's a model professional, kind of puts it lightly. He's, he's everything you want in, in a player that you know he knows his role. He's not going to demand game time every week. But when he has been playing, he's been really good. So yeah, yeah. he's not in the top five just because he helps younger players. And, and I'm sure he does. Uh, 23 appearances over the calendar year, not not by any means playing every week, but whenever he plays, he's been you know, released seven out of ten. Uh, the Man City game this season for me, that, that was the one you think oh uh, was it Mike Cash who got injured, I think it was. He's got Phil Foden on his side, where everyone's like, Oh, he needs to be playing in the Euros and I mean sorry, the World Cup. But Ashley Young shuts him down, we draw the game against City and then after then he's been just as good scoring the goal against Forest as well. He hasn't uh, was that his first goal for Villa since leaving or since rejoining. Yeah, I think. yeah. So it's about yeah. 4,000 days between the goals or something like that. It definitely wasn't. That's 4,000 days. Um, but yeah, that was it great. It would have been 10 years, wouldn't it? Is that maybe 3,000 days? I'm sure it's 4,000 though. Possibly, yeah. Well, 2011 to 2022, yeah. Yeah, but definitely deserves a shout in the top five, Young. Um, maybe not the player of the year because he hasn't played as many games. Mm. But again... You can't you can't knock what he's done for the you know for the for the team for the squad for Gerard as well while he was there I'm sure he shouldered a lot of that sort of responsibility and sort of galvanising the team and although it didn't get anywhere without him I think it'd be even more lost than where he was and especially for Emery too sort of leaning on him Tyron Mings different players you know as soon as he comes into the club you need those leaders so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with his contract as well obviously running out in the summer don't know if Emery wants to renew that or not I think Gerard probably would. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I'm all for it because although he's what is he 37, going to be 38 next year, Ashley Young. He doesn't. He hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, has he? So mm, I think he'd be 38 at the start of the next season, which is getting on a bit for a player if he was expected to play every single week, but to yeah. still be involved in the dressing room and to come on for 15 minutes to see a game out or something a bit of dark arts. I wouldn't mind Ashley Young coming on and, and ruffling a few feathers. Um, last two you mentioned one by name, so we'll go to him. Taro Mings, he's probably the one I'd put my vote towards. I think 
And again, 2022 has been a difficult year for everybody and a difficult year for, I'm going to say, our, our next man there, but I'll save it, although most people could probably guess who's probably coming up next. But it's, they've kind of not hit the heights that they've hit previously because Villa haven't been good this year and, and had a difficult spell. We've sacked a manager. So obviously, you know, what do you expect kind of thing? But this season in particular is where Tara Mings has shown, I think, losing the captaincy. Um, which again we talked about with Neil Cutler and he said there was a lot made of kind of Mings being stripped of the captaincy and it wasn't necessarily that it was just a change in the regard to kind of take the pressure off Mings and allow him to focus on his own game and there probably was a bit of external noise about it wasn't that McGinn gained the captaincy it was all about uh, Mings losing it and that being a big deal but we said before it was kind of changes for changes sake and wasn't wasn't really worth it for Gerard in terms of the the uproar that it caused but for Tara Mings himself his performances have been better this season and yes there's been a couple of mistakes here and there and there'll be people watching this that say he shouldn't even be at the club never mind in the top five of, of the best players um, but I think just this season in particular how he's bounced back from that kind of um, change over the summer and, and continued to be a leader in, in a season where if Diego Carlos stays fit Tomings might not even be in the side because you know Conso and Carlos might establish a partnership because Mings loses the captaincy, doesn't start the first game, and maybe doesn't get back back into the squad. So for him to kind of bounce back in the way that he has, I'm obviously a big fan of Tara Mings for for various reasons. So he's probably where my vote goes. Um, but yeah, certainly worthy of being in, in the top five for me. Yeah, being a most consistent performer uh, this season probably. And again, over the calendar year, it's sort of slim pickings, but Mings has dealt with the setbacks that he gets almost every season and the kind of stick he gets from opposition fans as well. He, he, all ta- he takes it all on his chin and performs really well considering that as well. Um, which is, I always find that weird, by the way. He, whenever he goes to an away ground, it's always heckling and always, not necessarily not abuse, but always chance against him from opposition fans. And I don't get it. <laughs> I always find that weird. Um mm-hmm. Because yeah. he's outspoken, isn't he? He's somebody that will pop up on Sky Sports News every so often and general Premier League fans will see him talking about something or yeah. you know, there's been various instances where he had that you know, that coming together where he, he stepped on the face of whoever it was, can't even remember. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Which one. Those little things where people will see something like that and go, well, they'll see a mistake highlighted on Match of the Day and go, well, he's not a good player anyway. So he kind of becomes a bit of a target that way, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's made possibly put one foot wrong this season when he, the, the header for Mount or was, was it a block I can't remember um, in the Chelsea game before Gerard was sacked the game after then uh, but no yeah most consistent performer probably it will be interesting to see what Emery does in terms of Carlos coming back as he played concert I think concert's played really well this season actually gone under the radar as he usually does but over the course of the season it's when concert and Mings definitely Mings is more uh, yeah I'd put him forward over concert uh, and yeah he's <laughs> He's reliable in terms of over the course of a season and so over the course of this year anyway. You know what you're going to get from Ming since leadership. You know, he's, he's never going to drop his head even though a mistake might happen every now and again. Yeah, uh, we all have time Ming's, don't we? And he's fully deserved to be in the top five for sure. Mm. And the final name, which is probably one that's most predictable, I think might get the most votes if I was predicting how, how fans will go, is Emmy Martinez. Obviously yeah. now in the Argentina squad in the World Cup as Argentina's number one. Um, again, not hit the heights that he has hit for Villa previously with the the season where he got fifteen clean sheets, but still a regular, a regular, a regular consistent performer starts almost every game. Um, potential captain material again. Mentioned Neil Cutler a few times, but he spoke very, very highly of Martinez both on and off camera. So I think most people's votes will probably go to Martinez just as him being most consistent. But I think there is 
you know, in the 20 minutes of discussion we've had so far, I think there will be a bit of an even spread around the other four, but I still think Martinez will come out on top, is my prediction. But you know, feel free to go down to the link below and prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe he won it last year. I think Martinez, didn't they, for 20? Well, no, what, what year are we in? Yeah, 2021. Um, this kind of year, nine clean sheets. He's missed when when he's not playing. And yeah. that's not on necessarily, but Martinez is a, is a world-class goalkeeper, isn't he? Argentina fans love him, as we've seen in the World Cup. They won, won, in, won them the Copa America. Was that was that this year? Was it that last was, year? That was 21, I think. 21, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. He's got a burger advert as well, hasn't he, in Argentina? So. <laughs> He's got, own, he's got his own burger. I don't know what it's called. Um, yeah, Martinez is always going to be in the top five Villa players of the year, isn't he? If there's, if there's five players better than Martinez over the course of a year, we're probably getting Champions League. Then if, <laughs> then if we do, then Martinez would have to be there as well because it would be a massive yeah. Um yeah. yeah, it was 2021 was the Copa America, but it was 2022 was the Finalissima. Against, <laughs> Whatever that's uh, against Italy again, again that's the like basically got the community shield, isn't it? Two cup winners going against each other, but won that as well. So you know, always yeah, nice having extra show for. Yeah, uh, apparently Emery wanted him when he was at Villarreal. We wanted to sign him. Obviously, mm. worked with him at Arsenal for a fair bit, and had Burn Leno was the number one. But Martinez obviously had been on like five loan moves, like Rotherham, Getafe, and Oxford, other places. So probably didn't trust him as much then. But I think I read something that Martinez said that he was that Emery was shocked about his ability because he'd been a number two for so long. Why can't he be a number one for whatever reason? Emery didn't trust him at the time, but there was clearly some sort of bond and connection there. Um, and that will again, he doesn't even need that because whoever was coaching Villa at the moment, Emery's uh, sorry, Martinez is going to be the number one, and that's not changing anytime soon. He's a world class goalkeeper, and. Uh, yeah, we're sort of you know lucky to have him. Lucky that he's committed his future as well. I we think he signed a new deal at the start of this year. I think I'm right in saying in January. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, fantastic that Martinez is almost is there. You, you stay in goal forever, sort of thing. Hopefully, it's going to be another at least four or five years that he's going to stay with the club. And yeah, it's uh, sort of one one problem position that we don't have to worry about. Yeah, so I've just put the link to vote in the comments down below. I've tried to put it on YouTube, but it says that YouTube doesn't support comments for some reason, so I'll put it in the description after we finish recording. Uh, this is the page that you'll be greeted with when you load up the link. It's called the Fans Football of the Year. These are the nine players nominated in the main award. James Madison is uh, the local, you know, the nearest to us in terms of uh, you know, being in our Midlands kind of contingent. Bruno, uh, Harry Kane, uh, Son, etc., etc. Forget about that. No one cares about that. You can vote if you want, but I'm not really that bothered. Go down to choose your club, select your team, obviously Aston Villa, and then you'll meet with the five players that we've just talked about. Um, if you click on read about me, you'll be um, given a, a bit of a blurb that Ashley Priest has, has written for each player. I, mean, I probably could have done this podcast by just sitting and reading out those, to be honest. It probably would have saved us a lot of time. So you've got your five players there to vote from Mings, Young, Douglas Louise, Ramsey, or Martinez. I'm going to go for Mings just because I said I would. Uh, you vote for Mings. Thanks for your vote. We'll be, we will be revealing the winners on December 19th. I didn't know that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll announce the winner on social or we'll kind of stick it on the end of another podcast or something on December 19th. So you've got a couple of weeks to get your votes in and you can sign up to our latest Villa newsletters and all those kind of things uh, underneath with your email address uh, there. So go down to the link below and vote if you, if you want to. I've gone for Mings. Would you have gone for Martinez? You said Ramsey, didn't you, actually? Yeah, Ramsey for me, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see, see how it goes. I, I'm, it's obviously like a, 
a competition amongst our sports network and I'll get an email every day with like how the voting's going and like how many people have voted. And uh I like to be like best of the rest for us, like my personal goal. So you've got like the big clubs that have got like Facebook pages with like five million users or whatever. You've got like Man United and Tottenham and Liverpool or whatever is the top. Yeah. I want Villa to be as I do in the Premier League, the best of the rest. So if you can go down and vote, and I'll get some praise at work for uh, for getting some numbers on our voting system, that would be lovely. I think there was something like 300 votes yesterday, just off the back of one tweet, which was good, apparently. So thank you very much, Villa fans, for getting involved and uh, helping me with my job, basically, in our jobs. So get involved on the vote for that. Uh, I've mentioned the Neil Cutler podcast a lot of times throughout this. Obviously, we talked about Martinez there and the goalkeepers. Um, so I've got a clip from that podcast I'm going to play as a little bit of a promo so uh, this is Neil Cutler I think on the playoff final um, the run the 10 game winning run when you're on that kind of run you feel a little bit unbeatable you've got players in there you know can win you games and then like Tammy Abrahams people like that you go he's going to win us a game here you know like you've got match winners all over the pitch so you never kind of ever feel like you're although the game's really tight you feel secure in the fact that you've got these players that are going to win your games at that level like a Tammy Abraham in the championship you're going you know he's going to score your goals he's going to score your goals so you know the way we set up and the run we were on we felt like you know we're in a good place to win and once we beat West Brom we've, we were never going to lose never going to lose so that podcast is also available there'll be a link to the descri- in the description for that down below the full episode and the 15 quickfire questions lots of praise from Martinez in that as you'd expect uh, me and Ash also did the kind of behind the podcast episode yesterday where we talked about our reflections and our re- regrets or thoughts on, on the podcast and we said should have asked more about the goalkeepers <laughs> having a goalkeeper expert on and not asking about specific goalkeepers like Kalinic and uh, Marrera and people like that it was probably a bit of a missed opportunity but Marrera I know yeah you kind of sit back and oh, Christ what, what a moment um, but there's an hour and a half of other chatting then it is certainly worth your time if you've not had a chance to, to watch or listen to it yet we're going to drop notable mentions uh, uh, yeah. For the players that missed out, is there anyone who we've not talked about or who didn't make it into that top five that you thought, because obviously Ash was like the final decider for those five, is there anyone in, in there that you would have put in that isn't? Uh, to be honest, no. I actually agree with <laughs> um, I think the added players that people were talking about would be uh, Matty Cash, who won the player mm. of the year for last, for last season, uh, Ollie Watkins and Leon, and Leon Bailey, probably the added three that I'd probably propose if you if you had to take out maybe one of the five that we've added, probably be between those three. Leon Bailey's had a good start to this season, not so much a good end to last season. And Ollie Watkins has been he hasn't kind of hit the heights of, of the season so far, only two goals, but we know what he brings. It's gonna be, you know, pivotal to Emery's team again, just pressing and how we and how he plays. So I'm sure next season we'll be looking to get on our top five. Um and yeah, th- those three would be my only my, my notable shout out, should we say? And Ezra Contra as well. Again, I think he does go under the radar, um, but again, because of the end of last season, we didn't play very well, did we? So it's hard to sort of add anyone onto that five. Yeah, as I said at the start, the irony is not lost on me. Us doing a podcast about the five best best Villa players in the in the calendar year where we've been pretty poor, but we've done this because I want to win the vote the best of the rest go down below and vote and help me get the, get Villa's voting numbers up charts I, I am interested to see I think as I said before I think most people will go Martinez as the consistent pick there'll be a lot of Tyra Mings fans that will go with him and I think the three others Ramsey, Young and Douglas Louise will get votes spread amongst them pretty evenly but, um, yeah, that's just my prediction even, even throwing Cameron Archer I know it doesn't quite make sense but <laughs> 
if you're talking about players who have you're a friend of the family <laughs> yeah I am um, <laughs> obviously went on loan but that you know I guess yeah. that doesn't really count but doesn't I really count and to be fair this season hasn't played so can you edit that out please <laughs> well yeah. as alive soon as alive no I cannot edit that out uh, the final thing I want to talk about because I've had a few questions on, on YouTube comments and in DMs as well is about the second part of Claret and Blue Live um, obviously we split it the live podcast we did is that two weeks ago now almost three weeks ago uh, three weeks at the end of this almost week. three Christ that's gone yeah. quick isn't it yeah so apologies it's taken me a while to get that out if that was three, three weeks ago we split it into two halves because we knew the World Cup right was coming up and we wanted to make sure we got content so the first half was a kind of mid-season review I think it was about 40 minutes that is also still available if you want to go back and listen to that if you haven't already the second part is a Q&A with the audience that were with us, 100 or so Villa fans at the Aston Social. I'm currently editing through that, not as we speak, so obviously we're live, but I've got it up open in front of me. I am 41 minutes in, and there's another 17 minutes for me to look through and kind of clean up and edit. So it should be a 45-minute, 50-minute Q&A with supporters there. Um, what do you remember of that? I mean, we we're going to talk about kind of the power in the scenes of the power beyond the podcast or whatever it's called for Can't Blue Live. What do you remember of the Q and A? Is there any standout points that you kind of want to listen back to? Uh, to be honest, I can't remember, can't remember a lot of it. Um, it was nice I to have like a blur, isn't it? It was nice to have questions about the podcast itself. Um, mm. Obviously, questions about Wendy, uh, different bits with Emery and Gerard and transfers, kind of the standards. To be fair, to be fair I shouldn't have asked you that because I might have cut stuff out. <laughs> You might think you might like ask a great bit about Emmy Wendy, and I'll cut it out, cut it out of the episode for whatever reason. So I should have should have uh, held back there. But yeah, a lot of very lot of variety in the questions. Some about the podcast, some about like personal like uh, personal questions, things like favourite shirts, uh, a lot about Unai Emery and like youth players and things like that. I've got a clip here actually of, of Matt, and I've just titled it Matt Clip. So I don't actually know what this is. It's only thirty seconds though. So. Here's a clip from Matt Kendrick from our Q&A. Bumped into a couple of people, not, not, not giving it the big one, but a couple of people came over and said, oh, Matt, thanks, thanks for what you do. We enjoy the podcast and stuff. You just see my son rolling his eyes and he's thinking, <laughs> really? Really? All you do is you just spout nonsense. You just tell these really bad puns, these really bad analogies and really bad jokes. And I was feeling good about myself because I got, I got a bit of, a bit of acclaim from, from fellow Villa fans. We nailed the O'Neill thing. It was really good. And he's like, Dad, there's Max Stokes. Do you know him? Can I have my photo taken with him? And I'm like, whoa, come on. I'm the Max Stokes for 45-year-old men. You know, give me some love. Yeah, great clip there. I think the question that was asked there was, have you got any dad jokes? and he just went on this random tangent about his son instead and so just like being a dad is what he answered um but yeah the second part for that the q a will come out tomorrow uh, thursday 1st of december i don't know what time yet probably in the morning 9am or something like that that's a clip to tease you the neil cutler podcast is also available uh, john thank you very much for your time on this afternoon's show yeah. as always a uh, little reminder the link to vote for aston villa's best player in 2022 is linked down in the description below it's between emmy martinez jacob ramsey Ashley Young, Douglas Louise and Tara Mings. Um, vote closes in the next couple of weeks, so um, we'll have the link to this vote on our social media and stuff for the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, until the next episode of the Clamp Podcast, that's all for now. John, thanks for your time. Thanks everyone for watching along this afternoon live. And uh, we'll see you again in a couple of days. Well, we'll see you on the Q&A tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa.